0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to fredolaysnacket.sbnation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd,
1: 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fredolaysnacket.sbnation.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We're here to break down all the roster cuts, the practice squad acquisitions, and the trades. That happened over the last couple days for your Minnesota Vikings. So grab a beer and join us for a great show.
0: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour,
1: where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings, Skull. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and like every week here on the show, it is sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing in Saint Paul, Minnesota. I have my own uh Purple Rain here, one of their their beers uh on tap right now. You can head over in Saint Paul and, and pick one up. But uh like every other week as well, joined by my co host Ryan and producer Dave. Ryan, how are you doing this evening?
2: Doing great. Uh having a cold beer after uh a first victory of the season for my son's football team. So
1: well hell yeah. Let's go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a nice little victory. A little eight, a little, uh, what is it, seven six win? It was a little low scoring today, but that's all right.
1: Mike Zimmer would be proud. Hey, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Dave, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good. It's been a crazy, crazy weekend through today. Absolutely busy, things going wild, tracking everybody in and out. And it's been, it's been hellaciously fun.
1: And that's, that's good though. Mm hmm. We like the we like you know we sit dormant for so long in the off season that it's it's time to get you know a little little chaotic and that's exactly what the Vikings did um, mm-hmm. yesterday in my opinion I, I I think we sat here a week ago and I am probably on record saying like oh this is the like the easiest um, kind of roster decisions they have everything I think seems pretty clear cut you know status quo whatever let's roll into it and. I think there were a lot of surprises from us in, in the last couple of days. Uh, and we can start off, I guess with, with the, the most recent news here. Um, and I'll, I'll toss it over to you here, Ryan, but the, the Vikings today traded for, and, and there's, there's so many different ways you could set this up, but they traded for Jalen uh, who is infamously known as the receiver that Eagles took right before the Vikings, before they snagged Justin Jefferson. So, what are your thoughts on that move? Uh, and by the way, to, to make room for, for Jalen Rager, the Vikings waived Amir Smith-Marset.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that the move itself was all that. I, I don't know if surprising is the right word. Now, um, I, I thought that there was chatter about us trying to get out in the market for a more veteran receiver after B.C. Johnson went down. Um, I actually just read something that we actually were in on Denzel Mims. Uh, they, we called the, the Jets on Mims. They wanted a fourth. We said no um, and, and decided to move on to other options here. So um, so that alone isn't all that surprising. Now, when you take a look at Amir Smith-Marset being cut to make room, now that kind of baffles me. Not to say Amir Smith-Marset some untouchable guy. I think he has quite a bit of talent. Um, I think that he has a lot of skill, and I think he is a locker room favorite. It seems like there was, you know, a lot of chatter about how he was a good guy in the in the uh, receiver room that, you know, brought a lot of energy, brought a lot of spunk to that group, along with Justin Jefferson and so on. So to see him get uh, waived in this move is a bit surprising. One, because we had a younger receiver that's even less proven than Smith-Marset, in Naylor on on roster that you probably could have done that too or we have like three ta- like backup tackles right like we have Ole Udo, who I know he's guard tackle eligible whatever um you you got uh, that uh, low that rookie um, yep. tackle and then we have uh, Blake Randall so probably a, a overabundance of talent at that specific position on the uh, on the depth of that line that I thought we probably could have snuck low onto the practice squad or Udo because it's not like he's shown to be some great player um, onto the practice squad. So it was a little surprising, but again, I am excited about the Rager move itself. Um, Amir Smith-Marset did struggle a bit. You know, When he caught the ball and had a clean catch and wasn't overthinking it, he made some good plays on punt return in preseason. But uh, too often he was trying to make over-shoulder catches dropping the football, um, making decisions just a bit too late. and wasn't uh, It wasn't shown to be, I guess, kind of a just a, a model of consistency at that position, I guess I should say. He had some highs, he had some lows. So Rager comes in with the ability to play a punt return. He actually has a punt return for touchdown in his rookie year um, a couple of years ago. So I think that that stability at that position would be good. And honestly, he's probably a better wide receiver for. Um, yeah. Not to say Amir Smith-Marset, couldn't ascend to a higher caliber player eventually. But today, and probably for the next year or two, uh, Rager is probably the better player. So um, I I think our team got better today with that move.
1: So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because you watch college football a lot more than I do. So Uh, I'm making the assumption here that you have a little bit of an analysis on who Jalen Rager is as a player. Um, He was taken in the first round he was arguably a reach at that point. I think just given the fact that Justin Jefferson was still on the board, maybe, Uh, but
2: he was a first round talent. He was a late first round guy. Yes. Jeff. I mean, hindsight 2020, obviously Jefferson's the pick, right? But a lot of people at the time thought maybe Justin Jefferson was a slot only receiver, right? Rager had the inside out ability that he's shown in college. Again, a lot of just, I think it was a, Not necessarily poor scouting on Rager. I think it was poor scouting Mm -hmm. on Jefferson by a lot of teams because he had shown in college early in his career that he could play outside too. So it was just that was always just very interesting. No, I I had Justin Jefferson over Rager on my rankings back then. But yes, to your point, I did watch Rager quite a bit. He played in the Big Twelve, so I actually got to watch him against. Yeah, I I got to watch him against my Sooners a lot, right? So oh, and what course. I <laughs> got to do it right uh, <laughs> what I remember from him was that he was a spark plug like getting him the ball with a little bit of space and he's going to make something happen so was he this refined route runner was he this you know um, jump ball type receiver no but you get him the ball in space and he can make something happen it was actually very I had him very similarly comp um, that same year with Brandon Ayuk we're same kind okay. of player. You just give him the ball, and he's going to make something happen, but he wasn't a refined receiver. And to this point, I think Ayuk's ascended more, which I had him ranked higher than Rager too, um, than Rager has. But Rager also hasn't been put in necessarily the best situation, in my opinion, with that offense. Nothing against Jalen Hurts or nothing against Carson Wentz or nothing against Nick Sirianni. But it's just, you know, he only got, I think, 55 um 55 targets last year 33 receptions that's not a lot of volume for a guy who's probably and i think they were playing him a lot in the slot i think he's probably a bit more outside receiver so we'll see we'll see if o'connell and uh and uh mccardell can really take this (laughs) uh, take this uh clay and mold it into something pretty good
1: yeah i i I think I think the general reaction after the news today was like, ha ha ha, like, I can't believe we're trading for Jalen Rager. But I, I feel like most fans are okay with it. Dave, are you on a similar bandwagon? Do you feel like happy with the trade today? I mean, the draft compensation is a seventh and a conditional fourth. So right. I don't the know fifth if we and condition- it, yeah.
0: that could go up to a fourth. Uh, I have no problem with Rager, uh, he solves our punt return woes. So that's not a big deal. Uh, As far, I didn't like the releasing of ISM. And Lauren, you said, or uh, Aaron, one of the two, you said that uh, ISM was reported as a locker room and dissed JJ and uh, Booth. If you're referring to the tweet by uh, a Mr. Leach, (laughs) <laughs> who works for the athlete. I got I got uh caught on that one too. That is yeah. a troll account. It is hundred yeah, percent fake. There is nothing that <laughs> indicates that ISM was a bad locker room presence. And ism when you look at people are saying he's better than Rieger. That's yet to be determined. But when you look at yards per catch, he did do better in his limited games last year, five or six games, than Rieger has over his two years. So if you're just looking at the stats of it, yes, he did better. And we know Kirk Cousins liked throwing to him. That That's why it was a surprise to me, because we could have easily gone to six wide receivers. I figured we'd carry six wide receivers. And they would have gotten rid of as people, as Brian so smartly said, Oli Udo or Vidarian Low, um, or you could have gone with one of the other rookies that made it, Luigi Valet, right? Somebody like that could have been easily released and then made the practice squad in his place, and then we would have had six wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. And if we ever have one of the top two or three go down, then you can platoon in the other guys, Right whether it be ISM, whether it be Rager um, or Naylor, and get them stuff. That's that's what baffled me is that it got rid of ISM. Not that Rager. I think Rager, picking up Rager is a good deal. I like the fact that he's going to be in a brand new environment. I think Philadelphia mm-hmm. got in his head. He was constantly compared to, you could have had Justin Jefferson, but you didn't. So, And he's constantly yeah. compared to him. Well, he now comes to the team with Justin Jefferson on it, and he's obviously going to see Justin every single day. But I think it's going to be in a more embracing, loving type of atmosphere with an outstanding wide receiver coach and an offensive-minded coach that's going to help foster the best of Jalen Rager. And I think that's
2: a good thing for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree.
2: I read something today, too, like a beat reporter, whoever it might have been, uh, for the Yeah, I was going
1: to ask you to bring this up.
2: Yeah, he, he had mentioned that um Rager is coming off the best offseason. He's seen of him since he's been drafted. Um, and it just seems like he's in a better place mentally, which, again, these football players, like you have to be in a good space mentally. Otherwise, you know, when you're just getting popped and you're in your head constantly and you're dropping balls and stuff. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in that, right? So if you're mm-hmm. in the right headspace, and then now you're into a brand new environment, hopefully the fans will embrace him and and give him the you know proper warm welcome that we typically do for you know players. Um, hopefully that'll foster a great you know better headspace for him going forward.
1: Yeah, it's a clean slate now, so it's. Uh... Hopefully there's no weird, weird vibes between him and Jefferson. And, and if they are, hopefully they're, they're squashed relatively early because uh, Jefferson's not going away. So <laughs> not anytime soon. And, uh, we and got a lot somebody, had,
2: somebody I just quick asked um, if we think ISM will make it the practice squad. I hope, I mean, obviously they, the, the, the word is we want to bring him back to the practice squad um, is what we're hearing. Uh, but the, the difference is, is he's actually a talented young receiver. I mean, 22, 23 years old, so, like, he's likely going to be a commodity out there. Somebody's probably going to put in a claim for him, but hopefully not. I mean, there are a lot. The thing about receivers is there's so many quality ones out there and ones with a lot of potential Mm -hmm. out just in the league in general that sometimes these guys can squeak through. But I'm not going to hold my breath.
0: Watch Green Bay put in a claim for him.
1: Oh, yeah. That would hurt. That would hurt.
0: And he'll become Uh, Aaron Rodgers' new love child.
1: <laughs> they got some. They got some good receivers or with with potential over there. So we'll see. But uh, that was just one aspect of the last two days. This this recent trade. There there was another trade for a defensive tackle. Um, we also traded away offensive lineman Chris Reed after giving him a, a, a decent chunk of change this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we in Jesse, Davis. Jesse, Jesse Davis. Davis. Jesse Davis. I'm sorry. That's a brain fart on my part. Jesse Davis, we traded away. Um, but there's a lot of other, uh, surprising moves. I would say, I think, I think the next one we could maybe talk about is in, I think, uh, Brian in the comments here brought him up. Armand Watts is gone. Uh, and I think a lot of fans that, that was, I think that was the first like shocking one, right. To hear that he was, he was just waved and then picked up by the bears. Um, I've seen things out there that maybe he's not fit for a 3-4, and the 4-3 is probably just a little bit better for him, and he'll get that over in, in Chicago. But what are, your, what are your takeaways there, Ryan, with the releasing or waving, I guess, of Armand Watts?
2: I mean, I, I don't really feel one way or another about it. I, I obviously liked him. I thought he was becoming a, a better player each and every year. I think last year he played quite well, actually. Um, but at the same time you know he's probably our worst defensive starter maybe our second worst defensive starter so like it's not like we're losing this key cog in a in a defensive line or on the defense in general that um that that's going to make or break this season right and we (coughs) replace him with a guy that's a very similar skill set than him who i think is younger and is cheaper so i don't at least as of last year, Ross Blacklock uh, was not as good um, as, as Armand Watts was um, in the 2021 season. But he also played on a very poor defense with not a lot of help around him. Uh, he was actually supposed to be the guy on that defensive line. Now, he again, kind of like uh, Andrew Wiggins, right? You know, We talk about how Wiggins was supposed to be the superstar player on our team. He goes to the Golden State Warriors. Now he actually is thriving in that three-fourth player role, and and he's playing really, really well, right? I Hopefully we'll see that out of Ross here, where he was a second-round pick out of TCU. He's actually teammates with Jalen Rager. Um, picked in the second round. I thought he probably even maybe could have went first round, like late, late first uh, in that draft. Tons of potential. He is a He's a get-off-the-ball player. He's going to go and penetrate the pocket. He's going to make things happen, make things uncomfortable for that defense, where he – where he struggles is in the run game so in a three four you can mass that just a bit um i, I think uh, based on kind of what i know about the three four um but you know in in a four three he's off the field anyway right so mm-hmm. in, in those like true rundown scenarios he's likely going to be off the field uh if we're playing like uh um if we're playing like the nickel i guess so that's not a rundown but he's going to be the first defensive lineman off the field. So he's probably not going to get as many snaps as you would have thought he would, but when he's in there, he's going to be able to penetrate that pocket. Hopefully they don't just rush right at him. Uh, otherwise we're yeah. going to need to give him a lot of help, but hopefully Harrison Phillips will be able to mask some of that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't um, know if you noticed
0: though, they have Bullard as the starter right now. And that, would, the make Vikings too. Yep. that would make sense Depth chart. I suspect both of those guys will tune in. Blacklock is good at pass rushing, Bullard's better against the run, so when we see the run, we may see Bullard in there. If we get into a pass rushing situation where they want to keep the 3-4 defense going, they may slide Blacklock in there, at least until he gets up fully up to speed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, his bread and butter is going to be that pass rush, so hopefully we can get him into some of those passing situations, but... Th- this team, I think, it's going to be a lot of rotations. It's going to be a lot of rotations both at the cornerback spot and on the defensive line. The only thing you probably won't see rotated a ton are these linebackers. So,
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of linebackers, I guess I guess that would maybe be another shocking, relatively shocking uh, release is Blake Lynch over there at the linebacker position. I think speaking volumes to the emergence of your guy, Brian Asamoah, uh, just completely crushing his 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 training camp. Um, I think Score North crowned him Mister Mankato of this season. So, yeah, I mean that's that's incredible for me. I and and we'll get to this later in the show, but I think when we start to look at Quaysey and Kevin O'Connell's draft class this year, um, at least through the first four five picks like they have appeared to have really knocked it out of the park. And when we sit here at, you know, August 31st, not even a year later after, you know, Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman were here, seven of the 11 draft picks that they had in that 2021 class are gone. Like, I think I do I did. I do think I saw uh, Janarius Robinson was signed back to the practice squad. So I guess, Technically, you could have six gone, but seven of the 11 are, are completely like off this roster, including one, Kellen Mann, which we talked about last week on this show. Um, we'd, be, we'd be kind of surprised if they, if they outright cut him, just given the fact that now they have nobody on the practice squad, and they're really just trusting Nick Mullins to, to back up Kirk Cousins. So I think fans are breathing a sigh of relief to know that Sean Mannion's no longer on the team. Uh, Kellen Mond was truly not who any of us thought he was going to be. Um, he just inconsistent. Um, and that last preseason game was, was, was kind of, was really bad. Um, yeah. actually all, all of his preseason games really were, were not that fantastic. But, uh, what are your takeaways on the quarterback position? I guess it, it's Kirk and Nick Mullins and no, no other quarterbacks as, as we do this podcast
2: yeah as of today, um yeah I mean i here's the thing is we we had tape on Mond from last year, and I'm sure there's there's content for the coaches to digest through those practices that are in the archives or whatever, and then we have all of this preseason uh, that to evaluate what he was and what we wanted him to be um the coach again, I'm gonna trust O'Connell because it, when when Zimmer made these comments and Zimmer made these decisions. There was a slight hesitancy from everyone because Zimmer's a defensive guy. Maybe he's just being a little too rush or you know rough on the kid and and whatnot. But when Kevin O'Connell's throwing in the towel on him, who is a QB guy, like that's it. Right. That's how he came up. Um, then you probably know something's up. Now he got picked up by Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Stefanski maybe thinks he can do something with him uh, and, and can maybe being mentored by. Deshaun Watson, hopefully only on the field. Um, and you, you take a look at, you know, what's out there in the market. There's not a ton. You know, I, I sent a joke that I, I wouldn't even hate the idea, but I sent a joke out to Tyler today that, hey, maybe we bring his boy Carson Strong on um, just because he's 22 years old. Time. Yeah, he's 22 years old. Throw him on the practice squad. Let him develop and learn and no harm, no foul. If he doesn't turn out to be anything, who cares? Um but, you know, outside of that, you know, you have Matt Barkley. You have, uh, I think both Cooper Rush and uh, Will Greer got signed to the Cowboys practice squad. So, you know, there's just not a lot out there. You know, uh, what's uh, David Blau, Hard Knocks fame. Uh, he, he's out there, I think, available. Maybe you pick him up for that kind of uh, – I kind of like him. I think he brings this kind of hard nose mentality to the position. You know, a uh, little – it's Matt Stafford light, meaning doesn't have the skill set but has that mentality of, like, tough nose. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. player so there's not a lot out there but I'm, I'm fully uh, as we said as I said last week I'm fully on board with um, Nick Mullins I think that he provides a lot of experience for a backup quarterback um, think that he let me rephrase from last week I think I said he's like a top five backup that's not true he's probably a top 50 quarterback in the league though so maybe I'm like the just outside the top half of the only of yeah, uh, top half of the backups. Like, I don't think he's in the top half, but like just outside of that. Um, and and there's even some backups in the league that I take over him just because of their youth and their abilities that you know um, that that the potential that they have. But um, yeah, so I, I'm not mad. And then of, of course, Kirkson, Kirk's the Iron Man, right? Like, he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't you know falter. He had like, COVID. Yeah. The only time he's ever missed a game is because of COVID. Um. So I, I think he, I, I think he's just fine. Uh, to, we're just fine to rock with the two quarterbacks. And again, let's bring in just a super developmental guy like Carson Strong, um, or somebody like that to come in and, and, and fill that practice squad spot, spot.
1: Dave, are you are you happy? Kellen Mond and, and Sean Mannion are gone. Very. <laughs>
0: really, I, I, I thought Kellen Mond didn't have. The highest he could ever get was possibly a backup and not a good quality backup by what he's demonstrated. Sean Mannion is Sean Mannion. He'll drive you crazy. Great at holding the clipboard, but that's about it. He won't win you any games.
1: He so, did get some praise, unless I got spanned by a fake account. But I, I, I thought I, I saw
0: Well, I, I didn't think uh, KOC
1: Clamp- praised
0: Clamp- him, but then cut him like the yeah. next day. So, no, <laughs> I am no, I'm quite happy. Now, do I believe that we'll find a third quarterback to throw on the practice squad? Probably. Uh, yeah, will yeah. we do it soon? Maybe not. They may wait to see how the season starts to play out. Didn't I see Josh Rosen was cut and he's a free agent? Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's not great, but he's not
2: no, I mean, horrible. Yeah. I mean, he's been jumped by so many teams, but again, yeah, like, why not, right? I mean, yeah, there's like Tim Boyle who didn't play well for Detroit. AJ McCarran. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's worth a practice squad spot, right? Um, yeah, Josh Rosen. It's just not a ton out there though. I was taking a look at this before the show, and I'm like, gosh, there really isn't much out there. And you know, Ben DiNucci. I don't think he was brought back. Why not bring him in? Um, something like that. But you know, there's just not a lot of not a lot of value out there, which is fine. Uh, it just means that. We're going to have to go back to the well at some point in the draft next year, which yeah. supposedly is supposed to be a better, actually, it, I, in all honesty, this, this year would have been a good uh, draft to go into the well um, in terms of there's a lot of guys that had talent that just fell because they just weren't high-end talent, but like premium or a solid backup talent that maybe could go into a starter. I mean, you take a look at some of the other guys, uh, that were that were taken third round or later this year malik willis um sam howell is having a good camp and and he's going to maybe push for a spot at some point um Can he May Com- he start. yeah well he's first round pick but yeah i mean absolutely kenny pickett's going to be up there um and then and then like skylar thompson which he played at k-state I, I swear i watched a game and he threw three passes maybe so he comes out to the nfl and he's throwing dimes i'm like who is this guy like I was very surprised when I saw he was doing well for Miami. So like they they there was some talent out there. Even like Matt Corral might have been something if he didn't get that Liz Frank injury. Um yeah. and again, all these guys went third round or later.
1: Yeah Desmond, would, yeah,
2: Desmond Ritter. I forgot Desmond Ritter. He he might take that spot in Atlanta uh, here by the end
1: of the year. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that a practice squad quarterback is, is likely to be added here uh, pretty soon. But I mean, like Ryan said, it's, it's slim pickings at this point, which is the, the case for why last week we said maybe don't cut Mond, maybe just roll with three quarterbacks because you kind of want to, you kind of always want to have that developmental quarterback on your team in some fashion. Um, but Kevin O'Connell, is the quarterback? I don't want to. I don't want to coin him the cornerback whisperer uh, by any means. I'm kind of getting warm in my basement. My glasses are starting to fog up. <laughs> um, but uh, he was O'K- a quarterback,
0: so you expect him to be able to communicate well,
1: yes, to his yep. quarterbacks. And I think he can see what he has in those types of players. So, uh, for him to move on from Kellen Mond, I, I think we have nothing. We have we have every reason to trust him at this point until that is. Uh, taken away from us. So uh, before we move on to our next topic, I want to just give a huge shout out to the viewers here tonight. Uh, you guys are lighting up the chat. We love it. I've seen some, some people from Texas, from Illinois. So uh, here's my shameless plug. I'll, I'll do it at the end of the show too. But if you haven't yet, and you're here for the first time, go over to our YouTube channel, click like, click subscribe. You'll get notifications when we go live, which for this show is every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central. Um so go do that. Our goal is four thousand subscribers by the end of the year. Uh we we went up again last week too, so maybe uh maybe we can get to two thousand before the season kicks off on September eleventh. I've seen a couple comments in there. Uh Dave, you just pointed to one.
0: Right. John.
1: John, Who's gonna
0: play it? Scout QB during the game during game prep? That's a great question.
1: That's a that's a valid question. I guess at at this point in time, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. I want to see how the rest of the week kind of plays out because mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Vikings are quite done yet. Um, I think there was like kind of a second round of cuts today, given all the the new movement. So I think if we can just let this week simmer, um, and and reevaluate in a week, then I think we can <laughs> go from nope. there.
2: You go, Aaron. Yeah, I was just boy.
1: about that who Kevin O'Connell could get back there and, and play. Um, scout qb so
2: and another mr kirk guy. cousins put out a good comment there with mick because that's right you know, when we do have to go against an athletic guy which uh we play kyler for example this year uh which i wasn't mick sorley his backup this year or like uh, he was on their team yeah. in arizona so like he probably even knows the playbook like that would be a good person to bring in for those athletic quarterbacks that we do have to play a uh, year in and year out
1: yeah yeah great up. um Another question that's in there, uh Michael with a lot of exclamation points here wants us to address the center issue. Um we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I do think it's 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 worthy of a conversation, right? I think when the inactive list came out for like the second preseason game and Garrett Bradbury was inactive, I think that that told us everything, right? Like this this coaching staff is going to trust Garrett Bradbury to man the middle of that that offensive line. Um until they really have no option to, to pull him, or if Schlottman somehow like surpasses, or Chris him. Reed, or Chris Reed, yes, uh, somebody behind Bradbury surpasses him. Uh, but there were some interesting names that got cut still yesterday, and I think Ryan, you are you are one of the people in the climb in the pocket chat mentioning Alec Lindstrom from the Cowboys. Wow.
2: Uh, again, not, not somebody I was, like, excited about. I didn't like him in the draft process. I thought he was actually very similar to Bradbury, to be honest, in terms of, you know, pretty good run, run blocker, but in, in passing situations, he was a little light and got bullied mm-hmm. around at Boston College. Um, I think he was Boston College. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, another guy that why wouldn't you bring him in to compete um, and, and see if you can develop him into something more than what he has been. Um, yeah. there's, there's not going to be a lot out there. You know, people are clamoring for uh Treader. he's retired. He's done. Um, you have, you have that Matt Paradis guy, you know, I don't know how much he got left in the tank. I, Carolina went out and, and got a different center and let him go. Like they didn't have a great offensive line. It's not like they were one center away from being this great team. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I think says what you need to know about Paradis and maybe at this point in his career. Um, trade markets your best route, but like who's gonna give up a premium center you yeah. know even even if you go get a top end backup like for example, um Luke Braun on the show the other week had mentioned the idea of bringing in um Cushenberry. L- Lloyd Cushionberry from the Broncos uh because Luke Wattenberg from uh Washington uh came in as a rookie and I think beat him out well again, yeah, that that's a good idea, but like I don't know how much better Cushionberry is than Bradbury like they're probably yeah. quite similar. So it's like, how much value add is that going to be? Um, he's younger. So you might be able to develop him still. He maybe hasn't hit his peak, like Bradbury probably has at this point in his career, but you know, and I'd be excited for the move. I'm just ready to move on, but there's just not a lot of options. So I think you just got to bite the bullet here and go into next offseason knowing, Hey, we got to address this position because yeah. it looks like the rest of the line is set for the foreseeable future. Like, Ed Ingram's young. Ezra Cleveland's got two years two years left. No, one year after this year left. Uh, you got the bookends locked in for a while here. So there's only one position to fill, and you know we're feeling pretty good about that. I think.
1: I, I the the days blend together, and I I can't remember if this was after our show last week or right before, and we just didn't talk about it. But I know the fan base was was really pushing for a potential J.C. Treader signing, and he retired last week. Um, and I think the thing that stands out the most to me is that he said he was interested in playing for the Vikings cause he obviously grew up rooting for them. Um, but it was the, it was the Vikings who had no, had no interest. It, I mean, it wasn't, I, I forget the, the exact verbiage that was put out there, but essentially, they didn't return was just, our call. yeah, it didn't return our call that. Thank you. Um, so again, I, I think this coaching staff believes in Garrett Bradbury, Barry, uh, for better or worse. And uh, well, you got to
0: remember, Quasey was in Cleveland and knew exactly
1: that's the true status
0: of J.C. Tritter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we have no idea how his, his, his knees are doing uh, from a health perspective, if he could even hold up. And so, you, to your point, Dave, yes, exactly. Quasi might have or, known.
0: Or if he was a union agitator in the locker room. Because he is yep. the union president. So and they may not have wanted that end of him being in the locker room, even if he was healthy, because of yep. the whole vibe that they're they've generated this offseason. The whole collaboration stuff. They all want that one team thing. You know, you hear Kevin O'Connell yelling at the fans to not take videos and stuff, and especially the press, and threatening those guys. It's all part of that. And he may have Quasi may have said no just because of that.
1: Maybe. Maybe. We we won't know. But the, the bottom line is Garrett Bradbury is your week one starting center. And that's about enough of, of, of center talk for me. So Michael, we we answered your question. Well I
0: like that they brought Josh Sokol back onto the practice squad. I'd like to see sure. him develop more.
2: Why not? Yeah, so you know you know what I think we should do. Go for we should it. hire listener Dan Henneman <laughs> just to, just for the draft to say, "Hey, go get that center," because he's been a right about like four different guys over the last three years, including Creed Humphrey, and including um, I think he had said Eric McCoy was a good dude. Like he's so, been right over the last few years, so I, I I'm gonna trust his judgment here.
1: Dan, Dan, I, I have a homework assignment for you. Uh, by next week's show. If you can quickly uh and, and if you don't have enough time, that's fine. We can we can push out the deadline, it's not urgent. But if you could muster up some names for us in this upcoming uh draft class that the Vikings and, and Vikings fans should keep an eye on, since you I guess now are the center guru. Um we'll see if we'll see if it comes to fruition. Um back to roster cuts quick. <laughs> <laughs> Back for back to roster cuts, quick, and then we'll we'll switch to our last uh, topic point here. But any other surprises, any takeaways, Ryan, from from the roster cuts um, yesterday?
2: You know, not not like huge surprises. Like you said, it was it was relatively cut and dry. I mean, who we thought was going to be on here. Now, some surprises, I guess, that made the roster. I would say is, uh, and I don't know how to say his last name: Vellane, Valan, Luigi, Luigi Vellane. The lane. Um, He, he just, it must have impressed enough during the process, during the preseason games to to forge his spot. I mean, he had guys like Janarius Robinson to beat out who again was loaded with potential. I don't know if that's ever going to be realized, but we brought him back for practice squad Um, and, and uh, McLeod and and some other guys that were in there and he beat out all these guys that maybe had a little bit more of a step on him in the process um, and, and I found a, a interesting quote the other day. Quiddy pay um, had had basically said, Hey, you got a dog up there. You're lucky to have him. You're going to love what you see. And he came in here and earned a roster spot. So I think that was kind of a surprise just because it was a little, I guess, off radar. Like if you would have pulled a hundred Vikings fans, maybe one being his mom uh, would have had him on the final 53. Like, Nobody was gonna put him on there, so that was cool to see um yeah again, like the Darien low i was kind of surprised made the just because we already had enough offensive linemen. so this is where i was talking about the i s m or keeping like Tristan jackson on the team um you know a, a six receiver in general um i do find it interesting uh around that aspect as well, but outside of that it's pretty cut and dry in my opinion
1: yeah dave any any takeaways from you?
0: Not that we haven't already covered. Uh, Brian just talked about only keeping three tight ends. We did put Nick Muse on the practice squad. Uh, Davidson did not make the practice squad that I saw. Um, nope, he didn't. But I'm not worried. If Irv Smith goes down, they're just going to shift the focus of the offense to the three wideouts, which is probably going to be a lot of the focus anyways. Um It's nice having Irvin there because Johnny Mutt and Ben Ellison, even though they can catch the football, they're primarily blocking guys, which is fine. You need those too. So um, I'm not worried about tight ends like others. We're not running that same offense that we did under the multiple iterations under Zimmer. So it's not as big a deal to me now. If we were, yeah, we'd like another pass catcher, but it's no biggie.
1: I, I I do have a growing concern, and this is uh future like offseason fodder that we can talk about, but just, just the state of the tight end position for the Vikings. Um I think Irv is on his last year of his deal. Um and then you have nothing. And we don't even know if Irv is is legit. You know what I mean? Like Ah. Got spam there, Dave. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we don't even know if, if Irv Smith is, is legit. Like he was hyped up last year, got injured. Um, really in the we, in
2: the limited of reps, he he's played well, but yeah, you're right. We just don't know what we have full, yeah. full, you know, full-time role.
1: And so, I mean, that could, I mean, it's up to Irv Smith this year, right? I mean, he could, he could ball out, earn himself a really good contract and, Unfortunately, I feel like that really big contract. If, if he does ball out, probably won't be with us because we have, uh, a, we have Justin Jefferson. We have to sign this off season, and that is going to take up a lot of money. Um, yeah, but last- like
2: also tight end contracts aren't like crazy, right? And the fact that we can leverage the fact that he has been injured two of the three years he's been here so far, um, as like a, as a sticking point for not paying him too much.
0: What exactly?
2: Um, and we do have quite a bit of cap space next year. I thought I saw like we just have a ton. No, uh, I don't think we do. Is is that? I, I thought I read that, and then I, I think looked we, at can it it. we can we clear it.
0: We could easily clear. We
2: it. can clear a lot, yeah. Because I was like, gosh, I, I took a look at that. I'm like, well, no, we're still paying a lot for a bunch of guys, but
0: yeah, I think because like Dalvin average. Cook goes up, uh, we're going to be paying Justin
2: Jefferson. It gets real expensive real fast. Mm, okay, maybe maybe that guy was wrong that I read about, or they, he's assuming we move a lot of guys. What I do find interesting, quick before we move too far along in some of these other topics, yeah. is and, and I and I sent a tweet out about this uh, yesterday. I think it was uh, somebody had mentioned like you know they're kind of surprised that we're like gutting this twenty twenty one draft class. I'm like, it the next topic? It.
1: So let's go
2: right writing writing on the wall it oh, was well, that the next topic my bad i didn't look at the show notes enough i guess um
1: you're good you're good
2: writing on the wall is what i put out there like it, the writing was on the wall for all those guys like you take a look at the positions that we drafted this year and what we're doing what we did to address that right so for example uh outside of quarterback of course right and then i'm not gonna count first round pick who was obviously a home run here but uh, Chaz Surratt, we drafted Asimota to replace him because we knew he was nothing, right? Um, Wyatt Davis, we drafted Ed and Grim because we just assumed that Wyatt Davis wasn't the guy, right? Thanks, Aaron, for joining. I appreciate you. We um, got rain coming, Aaron. Um, uh, who else did I? Uh, who else did I mention? There was like one other guy that I mentioned. I'm like, and, and we and we had to replace all of these. Like, we the writing was on the wall for a lot of these different positions because we just didn't have faith in what they were, what they were bringing to the table here. Um, so I, I think that it, it really makes a lot of sense as to who was cut and who wasn't. Uh, and I think it also is future state. Like maybe we can move on from an Eric Kendricks now, if Asamoah can continue to develop, right? Maybe yeah. we can move on from a Harrison Smith. Now that if Lewis seen can develop, obviously Patrick Peterson's only a one year deal, hopefully booth in in and, and, um, um, why am I drawing a blank but Dantzler, uh, Dantzler I, I want to say Chancellor I don't know why So Cam Dantzler <laughs> um, maybe those two can step up to be the future and we can get rid of another heavier ish contract right like these guys are they draft this strategically to potentially offload some of these massive contracts we're on uh, even right. like Ty Chandler can he be Ty Chandler and Kenny can they carry the load and get and we can dump off the of Dalvin Cook like these all these guys that we're, we're bringing in, you know, they might be able to future state, get us moving towards the, um, getting, getting us moving towards the future so we can afford the Justin Jeffersons and maybe the Irv Smiths and whatnot.
1: That is, that is like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and hit my, my sound button here. And I don't know if I have the right one. So bear with me. <laughs> God. Like, Honestly, though, Ryan, that's like a that's a really good take, um, and and I guess shame on me. And I don't know, maybe other people saw it and I was just oblivious. But you were your the writing was definitely on the wall with these draft picks. I think we get so enamored with just like draft picks that we don't necessarily think about maybe the future implications. We think about the right now. Um, but when you when you list it out, how you did, you talk about Harrison Smith. Okay, well, buy Harrison, and it, it's. It sucks, and we don't want to say goodbye to Harrison Smith because he is Minnesota Vikings defense. Right? He's he's going in the Ring of Honor someday. Um, Eric Kendricks, maybe not Ring of Honor, but still a very special player for the Minnesota Vikings for the past handful of years. But when you when you lay it out like that, it's very easy now for the for the Vikings and Quaysey and Kevin O'Connell to be like Lewis seen at five and a half million and just a little bit less than what Harrison's doing on the field versus Harrison Smith, who's an aging vet at $18 million. I, I don't know his exact cap number. Um, same goes for for Kendricks, but then I really liked your last point there of Kenny Wangu and uh, Ty Chandler potentially supplementing a Dalvin Cook at some time in the future, which I don't think is very far-fetched because Kevin O'Connell has really come from places that emphasized, like, one committee. like a couple different uh yeah a running back by committee um and so not that Dalvin cook's not a special guy but
2: and, and this isn't like, us saying that they're even on the same set right. like they're not even the, not they're not even in a tier below Dalvin. like they are two three tiers below him but when you look at the running back position in this offense maybe it's not as important anymore and yeah not to say Dalvin isn't a gener, or well, not generational probably, but like, he's not like one of the best running backs in the league, but when you're paying a running back as much as we would have to pay him and maybe. understanding where this offense is going and what we need out of these positions, maybe because again, we're going to have offensive linemen to have to pay for soon. Like as Cleveland's coming up, you know? So like you got it, you, it's got to give somewhere. And again, what we saw from some of these running backs and what, you know, you can go recycle running backs every four years or three years in the draft, and you're going to get a lot of quality talent in there. I mean, it's kind of funny when you watch like the Niners. They've invested a lot in the uh, running back position, and all those guys suck. Trey Sermon, uh, uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, they, there's a whole list of, of guys, but all they're really top performers – are undrafted undrafted six round pick undrafted it's like maybe you don't need to throw at all these resources at that position
1: yeah so do you this, this can be it it's it feeds into the same thing obviously we're we're praising so far right we haven't really seen them on the field quite yet but the the 2022 class but we we've, we've talked about it this show um how Seven of the eleven draft picks from the twenty-one class are gone, and I, I just I just want to know your thoughts on that uh, because obviously last year went south. We needed those draft picks in a bad way to to step up and do something, and they whiffed completely. Um, obviously, Darasa looks to be the saving grace of that draft class, but uh, the rest of them. And, just and who do we
2: thank for that? Who do we thank for Darasa?
1: <laughs> well, you could say the Raiders. Uh, we thank who, who, Mike
2: Mayock. We thank yeah. Mike Mayock. Absolutely. Because they who go and take Leatherwood. Out? Yeah, they go and take Leatherwood, I think a player or two ahead of him. And yeah. and they cut him the next year once that regime's out of there. Oh boy. We lucked out. Just like we lucked out with the Rager and Jefferson thing, we lucked out with the uh, Derrissaw not getting taken ahead of Leatherwood. Um, otherwise, because I think from what i heard which i don't know if it's accurate or not kevin jenkins was going to be our guy if if uh Darisau was right. out and i don't think he's overly impressing for the bears right now so um so they, I'm glad we're, they did yeah so like i i'm definitely glad we got that position but yeah outside of that it was a disaster um, it's so frustrating it's so frustrating cuz again like dan had said it like i said you know, we had so much draft capital in the mid-rounds. Why didn't you trade up for a center when you knew Bradbury wasn't good? Green Humphrey was there three picks earlier. Um, and then, obviously, we take Mond. If the Texans happen to be one player ahead of us, they were going to take Mond, and we would be with Davis Mills, and then we would be the ones laughing about this, right? Um, you know, yeah, the, the saving grace here at Zeresaw, saving grace is Cam Bynum. You know, I'll give kudos to, to Rick for – generating a positive um process right you trade back which was the right move you got two second two third round picks out of it and you still got your guy that's good process obviously the players themselves didn't work out um and, you know that's back end players but it's very frustrating you you had a lot of capital that you just threw away and you take a look at some of the the players that were picked all around that area and you're like well, that guy kind of hit. That guy's a contributor at least. He's not cut um, all the way down. It's 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 frustrating. But you're gonna have those years. For every year that happens, you have the 2015 season, right? Of draft that yeah, hit multiple times, right? So, and hopefully this draft is that because, uh, like you said earlier in the show, scene looks good, booth looks good, Ingram looks good, Asamoa looks good, Evans looks good. Yeah, I don't think anyone else is overly impressing, but you know, like that—that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's something you can hang your hat on and, and be and be happy about going into uh to to the to the NFL season here. Uh, Any I'm final not take? Get
2: Patrick Jones love until he earns the love. He only had a couple of plays last year that weren't impressive. He's looked a lot better this year, but he he didn't really he didn't really perform well last year. So we don't have a lot of information to move off of on him. But Bynum did play well in the limited reps. And obviously, Dennis, I was like, I have a lot of faith in Patrick Jones. He looked good in the preseason. He looked good in the offseason. But I'm not going to give him all the praise yet until he earns it.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh Any final takeaways uh, for for this episode? Otherwise, we can put a wrap on it.
2: Not really, you know. I saw Bryce and Kent had uh, asked if Adam Thielen will be on the team next year. Um, I think it's going to be mighty hard for him not to be on the team, just given the way his contract's structured. Um, he's going to get a lot of money, unfortunately. Uh, but if we move off, we owe a ton of money. So, like dead, a ton of dead caps. So um, it'll be a, it'll be pretty frustrating to be able to um, eat that. And again, he's still performing. He's healthier than he's ever been, apparently. Um, and and hopefully he can transition into maybe a wide receiver three at that point, a very expensive wide receiver three uh, with KJ. Hopefully, continuing to ascend, and um, and and hopefully we can maybe move on the year after if needed. So, or he'll restructure. We'll see.
1: Um, I got a few show notes, and then I'll I'll toss it over here to Dave uh, to to give a preview for what's next, but. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this show is sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing. It's fall here in Minnesota almost, and the patio season is still still ready to be, uh, be in use. So head on over to Lake Monster in St. Paul, Minnesota. Try all these beers they have. I had the Purple Rain tonight. Um, it's almost gone. Uh, actually, I think I still got some in the can, so I'll make sure to finish that up. I also had uh, one of my favorites there last week. The Depth Charge IPA. I don't think it's on this list here that Dave ha- has up on the screen, but you can At, ask for it. I
0: updated it today. Depth Charge came off, and Last Fathom went on.
1: You got to be kidding me! I'm going to have a conversation with uh, with those guys over there. Um. Also, if you're here still, or if you're still listening to the podcast, please, please, please go over, like, subscribe to our Climb in the Pocket YouTube channel. We will be here every single Wednesday night throughout the season and into the off season at 8 p.m. Central, along with the other live shows that we have throughout the week. Um, some fun news for next week, the first week of the regular season. Uh, this crew will be live from Lake Monster in St. Paul. So if you are in the local Twin Cities area and you want to come out and check out the live show, please do. Um, we will go live at our same time. Uh, there will be beer to be had, maybe a giveaway or two if people are there. Um, some smack
0: talking you, of Packers fans.
1: I yeah, bring bring on the Packer fans. Let's go. I after, next week's show it's it's full optimism for Matt, right? I mean, not that I haven't been at this point, but we'll bring back uh, some of the segments we had last year, the over unders and, and whatnot. I'll I'll get all that stuff organized, but it's it's bound to be a fun show. So make sure you come back next week uh, for that. Otherwise. I got nothing else for you, Dave. I'll let you, let you take it. Uh,
0: What we have rest of the week is Saturday with Darren and I as your two old bloggers. We're going to break down what happened this week. Uh, We'll probably go quicker through it. I do intend to do a dive into uh, Ross Blacklock versus Bullard and what we can expect. And maybe we can look into how Ed dollar is going to use those guys. So, We'll find out. Should be fun.
1: Yeah, it's a great show. If you guys don't if you haven't checked out Saturday's show, you definitely should.
0: Thanks, right. <laughs> Council. what do we say, guys? Skull bikes. Skull go Skullbikes. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best vikings content can be found and to lake monster brewing home of the best beer in minnesota skol everybody